Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Looking for the Middle. We are so happy that you have joined us today. This is going to be such a fun and I think challenging conversation yeah. all at the same time, which we love those because then we get to be funny, but then we also get to talk about Jesus and yes. the Bible and how we can somewhat apply it to dating. It doesn't Absolutely. talk about dating, but it applies. So it's going to be a good time. Um, at the top, y'all know what's coming. Well, most of it actually, but we have a little oh, we do have a um, addition to yes. our housekeeping list. So I think you're going to like it. I do too. This literally <laughs> was a decision we made yesterday. So, um, for starters, if you're not signed up for our newsletter, you should do that. It goes out every Thursday, the day after we release a full length episode and it, you know, kind of summarizes the episode if you haven't been able to listen to it yet it gives you links to past episodes that are related if we've mentioned anything in the episode about i think a couple weeks ago it was like youtube videos we've been watching books we've been reading um just different things that we think will be helpful or encouraging for y'all we put all that in the newsletter there's a hallmark movie in the month we're almost to the point where we're going to start doing a hallmark movie of the week because it's almost (laughs) christmas like two weeks oh my gosh um so you can go sign up for that either on our website, lookingforthemiddle.com, or you can go to our Instagram bio, and there is a button in uh, there where you can sign up for the newsletter, which, again, if you're not following us on Instagram, you should also do that, too. We are also on Facebook, so if you're not on Instagram, you get everything on Facebook that we put on Instagram, but Instagram is the place to be if you've got it. So we are storing on there. We uh, do giveaways on there from time to yes. time, which we were kind of planning our next one there, so you want to be following us. Uh, over on that platform and also now is a good time to follow us on instagram because the last couple seasons we've done what we call our question episode of the season where we pose a question to our instagram followers and y'all's answers dictate basically the content of an episode that's based on that question Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so we've done like If you would just blank, you wouldn't be single anymore. You know, how do you fill in that blank or how people filled that blank in in your life? Um, So this season we're doing what's the toughest thing about being single in the church? We're also going to make it a two part question. Like two part question. Yeah. Like what's what are some of the best things about being single in the church? And we're going to talk about those. So we'll be posting question boxes throughout the next couple weeks. We haven't picked an air date for that particular episode but it'll be a little bit so it gives you some time to give us your answers if you have input on that so at lftm underscore podcast on instagram finally this is most exciting most exciting last christmas Mm -hmm. we did what we call the 12 days of couch cast which the 12 days leading up to christmas so day 12 was christmas eve and all the days before that, we released a couch cast every single day. And we had the best time. Y'all loved it. And it was just super fun for us to kind of rapid fire over those 12 days. And anything 12 days <laughs> in the spirit of Christmas is fun, right? So if you have a question that you would like us to answer 
on a CouchCast, specifically the 12 Days of CouchCast, go ahead and start sending us those questions because we record early. As y'all know, it's one of the few things we do early in our lives, (laughs) but uh, we are going to be answering 12 listener questions over those days. So there's a link in our Instagram bio. Uh, You can DM us on Instagram. The link in our Instagram bio is probably the best because it all gets filtered to the same spreadsheet. So that's your best bet. But if it's a long question or you want credit for it, you can DM us. (laughs) Um, But yeah, go ahead and do that. And we will be picking our 12 questions here in the next few weeks or so. So you've got time, but we're really excited about doing that again. It's going to be a fun, fun time. And just the fact that we're talking about Christmas just makes me so happy. I can't wait. I'm so ready for Christmas. Me too. We're almost two months away. My mom literally texted me yesterday. She's like, I need you to stay out of my email because I started ordering Christmas presents. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, I don't check your email. Like, first of all. <laughs> but thanks for the warning. Yeah. Um, what are you ordering? I haven't even asked for anything. Like, did you just? Anyways. She knows. She knows. She knows. She does. <laughs> all right, Bethany. Time for question of the day. Okay. You found this question so quickly. I did. What is it? Okay. You know, most of the time our questions are like, oh, what's your favorite this or what's your favorite that? So, today the question is, who is your least favorite actor? Um, probably mm, Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler. Mm. I don't like stupid That's humor. That's not your humor. No, yeah. I don't like stupid humor. Good. That It's literally a miracle that I like The Office. Yes. Because most people are like, Kristen, you like the... I'm like, yes, I do, actually. But that's <laughs> yes, not my typical, so you know, humor lane. It's got enough of the endearing and romance that it keeps yes. you hooked. You're not there for the humor as much. No. The humor yeah. ended up growing on me to the point where I, like, appreciate it now. Yeah. And it is funny. But... And I do love Steve Carell. Oh, like, yeah. He's just so great. But like when Will Ferrell came into the office, I'm like, get out of here. That was the worst. It was terrible. Um, I don't. I do like Elf. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's an anomaly. That's not his typical. No, anyway. but the, yeah. the stupid humor. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. So either one of those. I can, yeah. I can see those for you. Yes. Who's yours? Um, mine is Shia LaBeouf. Really? Can't stand him. Why? I'm just. I just don't like him. Is he's, he just annoying? He's or annoying. Do you think he's a bad actor? No. His okay. actual acting skills are good. Yeah. Enough. Fine. I liked him in Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. I never saw that movie. Such a good movie. I have heard that was really so good. So good. I liked him in that. I could suspend my dislike of him. Okay. But he's just such a interesting, strange person okay. in real life. And like, he does weird stuff. And it just kind yeah. of tra- carries over. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't like him. That's fair. I, I mean, for the most part, I saw Peanut Butter Falcon uh, against, not against my will, but enough people to know it's actually really good that you I went to go see, see it. it. But yeah. for the most part, if he's in a movie, unless it's like a real small part, which he never really is, I won't watch it. Yeah. Like, I just do, do not like him. Interesting. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite videos on the internet yeah. is when selena gomez gets tricked into meeting him have you ever seen this no. video we'll put it in the we'll newsletter, in the newsletter. <laughs> talking about random but somebody she's a huge i think she kind of had a like a crush, crush on him, him. Oh, and they were in funny. the same building for something uh-huh. and so she was in her dressing room her people convinced her that there was like a fan that wanted to meet her and so she goes into this other no. room and it's his dressing room <laughs> and so she walks in 
and she's like, huh? oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and like walks out, and he's and he goes after. He's like, no, 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 like <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. He was so sweet. They got a picture, and then she goes back into her room, and the videos. She's like, oh my gosh, you guys tricked me. She's like, he's so handsome. <laughs> like she's totally fangirling. Oh, it's the funny. sweetest thing. And then oh, his, I don't funny. know if it was his agent or his assistant or something, comes yeah. in and tells her she's like that was so sweet and like so endearing that you were that genuine in your it's the cutest video okay so definitely put it in the newsletter yes but it may like obviously it has nothing to do with his acting but it may like give him a little bit of a redeeming quality maybe not i'll give it a chance maybe you'll still hate him it's fine Uh, i'll give it a shot good question though (laughs) i like i like the least favorites we need to do that more often what do we hate yes let's let's talk about that (laughs) fun times oh my gosh (laughs) all right y'all well let's jump into today's episode which is where we are going to be answering the question what does it mean to be equally yoked we've gotten this question more than once from y'all either in emails dms the couch cast which uh-huh. we knew this was way too big of a question to answer in a couch cast <laughs> yeah we thank you for your faith that we could answer in 15 minutes that's really kind um but this is such a big question and so we really want to break it down what it means biblically we're going to read the verse that this phrase comes from but then we're also going to kind of take it one step further i guess not further, Not but really like further in the sense of like what the verse means, but right? Like just kind of expand on the principle. A little. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's a good way to put it. So I'm going to read Second Corinthians six fourteen, and then we'll jump in. So this is Paul talking, and he says, "Do not be unequally yoked or bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness?" And so you'll notice which. <laughs> I didn't notice until Bethany put this as a sub point in the outline, but it's true. This verse is not specifically about marriage and it always gets used in marriage, mm-hmm. but I do think it applies to marriage. Oh, it does. Yeah. hundred percent. Sure. But we always hear it in church in the context of marriage. Don't be mm-hmm. unequally yoked with your spouse. Like you don't marry someone who's not a believer right. if you're a believer, but it's not just about marriage this should apply to all of our close relationships you know we've talked about before how with our closest friends the people that you're getting advice from the people that you are you know fingers crossed close with like yeah those people need to share your faith because they're the ones that are going to be speaking into your life and if they don't share that the advice they give the encouragement they give the perspective they have is not going to be lined up with yours and it's going to really make it tough for you to make decisions and figure things out so this verse means your close relationships closest including your spouse should be with believers it's not though a call to like isolate yourself from unbelievers i did want to make that point of it's not a matter of you know creating your own little bubble we talk about not dating in a bubble but this is also not a bubble you want to create of you're only going to ever have anything to do with other believers because What's the point of God saving us and leaving us on the earth if, I mean, we're to go into the nations, we're to go and to love your neighbor and all of those things. And so make disciples. Yeah. This is not an isolationist verse. And I do think it's, I kind of, you read both of them and I left it in there. So the phrase we hear all the time is do not be unequally yoked. My Bible actually says do not be bound together with unbelievers. And I think that if you have both of those together, it kind of, 
gives you that distinction of where the line is because you can have acquaintances and you can have people that you're friends with on a more surface level that you wouldn't consider yourself bound together. You know, like a a yoke is what's put on two animals who are plowing or walking. Like it's to keep them going in the same direction together. And when animals are yoked together like that, they have a common goal or direction. Like they're going the same place because they are yoked together. They're bound together. And as believers, our goal and direction is our sanctification and becoming more like Jesus and close relationships with unbelievers where you're like, you're close enough to the point where you're like relying on them and they're meant to be that community that's helping you in that. If they're not going in the same direction, you've bound yourself with someone who is an unbeliever and they're not going to be going in the same direction. They're not going to be pursuing Christ. And I think that's what he's warning against. And then I think within, and we'll get into this more in a second, talking about like the spiritual part of things, but within a Christian marriage, it's, there's an element of two, like going back to talking about two animals being yoked together, they need to be of a similar strength if you think about it like not exactly the same not whatever but like you can't have one like super weak animal and one that's super strong trying to pull something or go in that same direction it's not that's not gonna work you'll go in a circle right and so you've got to take that into account too and like i said we're gonna talk about this we're going to look at several categories of where you should be yoked together. Um, similarly, and then the spiritual aspect is one of them. And we'll talk about that more in a second. It's got to be more than just checking that box. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think at, at that, taking the verse for what it is and what it says, defying this command, which is do not be bound together with unbelievers or unequally yoked is a sin. Correct. If you, marry an unbeliever and you're a believer it is a sin yes this this is very clear you know there are a lot of gray areas in the bible this is not one of them like this is very direct paul is very do uh, not be don't yeah don't do it yeah um if paul were southern i imagine being like dad gummit if you don't (laughs) y'all if you are a believer don't get hitched with an unbeliever that's how i picture him if he was like a redneck um all my southern people are <laughs> laughing right now and all my non-southern people are like oh my gosh Kristen, please stop like, um, i don't get it <laughs> yeah but it's a very obvious command now the rest of what we're going to talk about here when it comes to being you know we want to talk about what it looks like to be equally yoked spiritually emotionally philosophically and socially if you're not lined up in all of those areas perfectly yeah it's not a sin that's the differentiation here however if you're not lined up pretty well in those areas your relationship's going to be pretty difficult not impossible just difficult and i think there's wisdom in trying to hitch up with somebody (laughs) you know hitch your wagon to someone who has most of this kind of or the same perspective on a lot of most of these qualities um again not right or wrong but there's wisdom in searching for this and i think that was what bethany's talking about with like spiritual maturity and we can kind of jump in there and talking about you know what does it look like to be equally yoked spiritually Spiritually. not just hey we're both christians right done no there's a little (laughs) yeah i mean tech all you've accomplished at that point is that you're not 
in the wrong. You're like, technically not sinning. You're not sinning. Right. Which... Good for you. Yeah, right. It's great. We're not... I don't want it to sound like we're downplaying this. I do want to point out, too, like, we're about to talk about four different categories of things, and we are not at all trying to infuse meaning into the text. Yes. It says, do not be unequally yoked or bound together. And we're not trying to say, okay, here's what that means with all four of these categories. So hear us when we say that. We are not... We're not saying that 2 Corinthians 6.14 means that you need to be equal in these categories or you need to be on the same page in these four, th- four different categories of things. That is not what it's talking about. It is specifically talking about believer versus unbeliever. We're going to take that principle, though, and say, okay, what areas of your relationship should you be striving for unity in to make that relationship more harmonious, more peaceful, more unified for the glory of God as you pursue him. It's yes. not a matter of Second Corinthians 6.14 says you should not marry someone who you are socially not really on the same page with. Yeah. Not at all what it's saying. Yeah. So just to point that out so you guys know where we're coming from. I heard a quote one time that said you are always either moving closer to God or moving further away from him. Absolutely. There is no just chilling. Uh-huh. Um, and so... When you are equally yoked, as this verse says, you know, you both have a relationship with the Lord. You both should be moving closer to him. However, I think when you look at these, not really however, but when you look at these categories, I think the more unified you are, the more you're going to be going at that same pace. Absolutely. And moving closer to him. And um, because if you think about it, you realize, oh, we're not on the same page. What do you do? You stop and figure it out. Yeah. You gotta, you, or we gotta, hey, we gotta slow down here because we've got these things. So like if you realize you're on very different spiritual maturity levels or you realize, oh, he wants kids and you don't, like you don't say, okay, we're just gonna keep steaming forward. No, you slow down. Because we're both down. Christians. Yeah. So why not? No. Like you, that's not, yeah. You slow down. Mm-hmm. And so you may still be moving closer to the Lord, but the pace changes. And so if and you can- And that's okay. Yeah. So if you can figure out, okay, let's make sure we are unified in as much as we can be, that's gonna make that pace- a little yeah. easier to keep with each other, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Oh, it totally does. So let's start with the first. The first category here is spiritual, um, and like we said, this is a, a matter of saying, okay, we have checked that box that we're both Christians, but this goes a little bit past that. And I think once you have checked that box, and you're, a lot of times people say, oh, you just need to find someone else who loves Jesus and get married, and you're like, okay. Which I think it's like, you make that sound so easy. And I think it's a little oversimplified sometimes, almost to, I don't want to say a dangerous point, but a detrimental point where it's like, no, there's more to that. And so I think that's what we want to think, think of everything else we're about to talk about here from the standpoint of, okay, we have checked that box of we are both Christians. Now what? What other things should we kind of check off as we're moving towards marriage? We have said we're both Christians, so it would be considered lawful for us to get married. But would it be good? Would it be wise? Would it be the best decision? And the rest of these things are going to kind of fill out that picture, if that makes sense. Yeah. So on the spiritual side of things, do you know enough about each other to know whether you're on the same page about like big theological points? Like, do you have the same viewpoints as when it comes to how do you approach scripture? 
What are your views on scripture? And some of these, at least I find for myself, like I, I think scripture is inerrant. I think it's sufficient. I think it's authoritative. And those things are, I guess you could say almost a foregone conclusion in my life. Like my view of scripture is that it is my ultimate authority in life. And so I am going to submit to it. And that is just how it is. And so you sometimes for, almost forget that everyone else doesn't think the same things. So sometimes it's like, oh, we should probably talk about this. Even if it's a foregone conclusion in your mind, if it's something that is going to, it's a non-negotiable for you when it comes to your theology, which I think most things should be. When, when you have come to a conviction through scripture, you hold to that and you find someone else who believes the same things. Mm-hmm. But don't assume. I guess that's part of why I want to get at it. It's like, you, you could say, okay, we both, we're both Christians. We both love Jesus. I'm sure we agree. Like our definitions of what that is must be the same. And they aren't always. And so I think taking it down to, it doesn't have to be a an interview. Like, okay, these are the 12 things that I'm not budging on. What do you believe about them? That's, but are you having conversations around those things of like, okay, what does church look like? What does raising a family look like from a theological standpoint what does yeah what does what's your view of scripture what is your view of the gospel like these things that are because if you get too far off on especially on what obviously what does the gospel look like if there's much deviation there you know are you even believing the same gospel Mm -hmm. like that's a big deal yeah so i would say those big things you need to be having conversations around that to build off of we're both Christians. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, I would agree. And I think kind of along with that, you want to look and see, okay, is there a pattern of this person is spending consistent time in God's word, that they're growing in their relationship with the Lord, that they're growing in godliness. And that's where we talk a lot about on here, how, you know, you want to be having conversations about these important things, you also want to see them being lived out. Absolutely. And so it's a twofold thing here of, and especially with, I know we get a lot of questions of like, when do I bring this up about my faith? And when do I bring this up? And I don't want to be the one that's always bringing everything up. And I, <laughs> like, I get that. And so, yes, you're looking, you know, for him to initiate those conversations. Sometimes you're going to initiate those conversations too, but ultimately you're also looking for, Hey, is he living this out? Yeah. Because he can say like, oh yeah, I want to raise my family in church and I want to be there every Sunday and we're going to be serving and whatever. And if he's not doing that now, why are you to sit here and think, oh, well, as soon as you say I do, are you just going to get like the church bug? And then now yeah. we're going to, you know, uproot every Like, no. <laughs> yeah. And so I think you're looking for, you're having those conversations, but then you're also looking for those patterns. Because if that's important to you, again, and you're moving at this pace towards the Lord, you want somebody who's doing the same. And that is ultimately the definition of, you know, you're bound with this person. You're right. wanting to move towards Jesus. We say all the time, like, you're running your race. Right. You're going to look around and the people you're going to see are going to be the ones running with you. Yeah. And that's who you want to look for. And I think as women, you, uh, there's a difference in, how do I want to say this? There's a difference in spiritual knowledge and spiritual maturity, maybe, Mm. or spiritual um, effort. I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is it's really easy for us to say, well, I want to be with someone who's more spiritually mature than I am so that he can lead me. And I get that. I've said that. Like, I I, I understand. And I think there's 
it, there's wisdom in that idea of you're looking for someone who is spiritually mature, who can lead you, but his ability to lead the relationship spiritually and to be pursuing the Lord and the two of you doing that together is not completely tied to his knowledge of Bible stuff. Hmm. Does that make sense? If you've been a Christian your entire life and been in the church and been in a solid, you know, Bible believing gospel preaching church, you have probably heard things and you're more familiar and you have a lot of knowledge. Whereas let's say he's been a believer for three years, all as an adult. He's like retraining a lot of thought patterns. He's retraining a lot of things, but there is a genuine, the Lord has changed his heart and it is genuine and sincere and he is pursuing the Lord and he is in his word. He is growing and showing a great deal of maturity for where like he's moving in maturity. Like this, the Holy Spirit is obviously leading and convicting him, but maybe you know more about Bible stuff. I don't think that means that it would not work. No. And it doesn't mean he's less mature. Right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That's so a good just differentiation. putting that out there. Yeah. One other thing I think you can look for when it comes to being spiritually equally yoked past just both being believers is, you know, are you in agreement with what biblical gender roles look like yeah. in a relationship and in marriage? And I think with the uh, state of our culture currently, yeah. we as women are you're kind of shamed either way you're either like oh you're a christian and you believe that you know you should just submit to your husband all the time and well how dare you like we've worked so hard and then if you know you're the other way then you're being you know shamed which i'm there is one correct view i'm not saying but like it's a struggle of you're gonna get pushed back either way yes absolutely so i think it's important that you're having conversations and this is probably going to come up more as you're getting a little more serious with this guy. Um, yes, I this isn't second date uh-uh. conversation. I'm like, what are your thoughts on uh, gender roles in marriage? And he's like, I'm sorry. I don't even know your favorite color yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the heck? Um, but talking about, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, based on what you both believe and, you know, your interpretation of scripture and all of that. Yeah. I don't, I, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be, or it shouldn't be second date stuff necessarily but i don't think it has to be way far down the road i think that i think it's okay to have those conversations earlier and i think if a guy is a man and is pursuing marriage as he should like from the standpoint of i'm not saying as he should as in every person ever should pursue marriage i'm saying he's someone who wants to get married he's someone who is dating he should be pursuing marriage not just dating and having fun So if he is doing that as he should, these are going to be things that matter to him too. And so I think this is one area where all of us, men, women, everyone has bought into the lie that, oh, it should just be cat. Like, oh, don't get too serious. Oh, don't get whatever. Like if two people are pursuing the Lord and pursuing marriage, like you're going to want to talk about these things. So don't, don't let the culture and what society says is normal scare you away from talking about some of these things. With that being said, though, I wouldn't bring it up on a second date either. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, just, That's a good, but I like, don't think it has yeah. to be two months. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's a balance there. And I don't think you have to just go with what c- the culture tells you is normal and acceptable on that. Um, one thing I will say, though, about talking about gender roles. Um, I dated a guy once who I have zero doubt he's a Christian, like at all. So were we equally yoked like 
according to that verse, yes, I think we were, we could have gotten married and it would not have been sinful. However, this whole idea of gender roles is something that we differed on in that, I mean, y'all know we talk about it plenty. I absolutely think wives should submit to their husbands and, and they should defer in a lot to their husband's leadership. I don't think that means whatever he says goes period, no matter what, no questions asked. And I, I think that he, that's not what he said either, but like it, it was implied it <laughs> trended more towards that and definitely caused, I mean, there's some ripple effects of what that looks like in a relationship, in a marriage, in a family, as you have kids like that, there's some yeah ripple effects to that. And that, that was something where I was like, okay, I'm not okay. I'm not okay with where this is going. And it ended up, it did, it was more of a kind of a contributor to the end of things. And so that's just kind of an example of if we had gotten married, would it have been sinful? No, I don't think so. Not according to this one verse. Would it have been sinful in the fact that I knew I was going against like what my conscience was telling me in that? Yes. But when it comes to were we yoked equally as far as both being believers, I believe we were. But the wisdom issues then past that, that's where that came into play. Well, and one thing I want to point out here, and y'all know I'm not a feminist, so hear that <laughs> no. before I say this. I'll vouch for her. She's yes, not. <laughs> yes, thank you. I am a, a 100% on board with, well, on board, I have, that's, I believe, and I am in a, uh, agreement that wives, our role as a wife is to submit to your husband. He is the authority in your family. I am not downplaying that. I don't disagree with that. Am I going to have more trouble than I think? Sometimes, (laughs) probably, because in theory, it's like, oh, this will be so great. Somebody will lead me until someone leads you in a direction you don't want to go. And you're like, never mind. I like making my own decisions. Well, yeah, it it would be easy. It, It is easy and it is perfect if your husband was perfect. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is God's ordained order for the family yes and so it is perfect right but, but we have sinners trying to live out to a perfect it. scheme yeah which makes it then imperfect exactly but the thing i want to point out is because i think while yes that is exactly what scripture says and that should be our mindset as women when we get married the verse doesn't stop there it's not like wives submit to your husbands and husbands you're you in charge. You Go want. for it. No, it's that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I heard a pastor preach on this one time because he was like, you know, women get all the attention in this passage of you submit, you, you know, you're yeah. not secondary, but like. Know your place. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. And he's like, women get all this talk. The command for the husbands is a whole lot weightier. It's true. I mean, you're literally, Jesus gave up everything Mm -hmm. and was so sacrificial and just so open-handed and led by serving. Jesus didn't come down as like, oh, I'm king over all you people, like start (laughs) bowing. No, he served. He came as a servant. He came in humility. And that's the pattern that husbands are supposed to follow. And so I do think that Yes, it's going to be tough when your job is to submit to this man that you're married to and Uh he's making a decision that you don't agree with or that you're thinking, I know how this is going to turn out and it's not (laughs) going to be right, but I have to follow along. (laughs) Whatever. Like, 
I do think in a sense, it does make it a little easier for you to submit when you know he is also living out his responsibility of that verse of he is sacrificial in his love with you and he does want unity in the marriage and he wants to hear your thoughts, your opinions, that y'all are praying through this together, that there is, that he's serving you and your family. And it, yes, it, I'm not saying it's going to make it perfect and it's not going to be easy all the time, but in my mind, it's like, okay, I know you're doing your part and not that my, do, me doing my part is dependent on that, but it does make it a little bit easier. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so again, I'm not a feminist, but I think that a lot of times we just go, why well, submit yeah. to your husband? That's not where Ephesians 5 stops. Like it keeps going. And yeah. I think that you're looking for somebody who's going to live out his part of that passage, just like he's expecting you to live out your part as well. Yeah. So all of that to say, gender roles are important when it comes to Absolutely. all of this. So have those conversations. All right, so let's jump to our next category now, which is you want to be equally yoked emotionally. And I think this is kind of where, you know, the maturity level comes in, not just spiritually, but in general, because we we get more questions about age gap. I think that's like the, yeah, that's the trending question. I feel like in our inbox right now is yeah. what's the appropriate age gap? What's too old? What's too young? Which, you know, if he's eight years older than me, is that okay? If I'm older than him, what is, you know, and we always talk about age, age is but a number. Oh, usually. it's so true though. I think it's harder when the girl is older. Yes. But I think it's more about life stage and maturity than an actual age number. I 100% agree. And so when you're looking at, okay, do we line up emotionally? Maturity level is a big part of that. And I think life with life stage comes life experience. So you could even technically be the same age, but if you've been living on your own for a while and you've been super independent and you know, he's been taking a different path, whatever that looks like, Uh or vice versa, your maturity levels may be different. So even though your age from a culture standpoint, like, oh, this is perfect. Your maturity levels may be different. That could make things a little tough. Again, not impossible. And it's not wrong, but it's just something to keep in mind of, hey, do we view the world through the same lens of maturity? Because I think that's going to affect a lot of your communication, how you handle conflict, which we're about to talk about, um, how you make decisions, how you think about the future. All of that is going to filter through your maturity level. So I think that's the first thing you figure out. And then secondly, is knowing how you each process conflict. I'm not saying you both have to process it the same way. No. And I think that's a key thing to point out. And I want to like kind of drive that home of like if if you don't handle conflict the same way or you don't approach it or you don't view it, that does not mean this isn't going to work. And we're going to kind of talk about communication in a minute too. And like, it's the same thing with that of like, it doesn't have to be the same equally yoked or, you know, compatible in those things does not mean identical, but it's like, how do you process it? How do you, are you mature in how you, look at it. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're exactly (laughs) right. And I think that the first 
thing you figure out is, okay, do we handle it similarly or differently? And what does that look like from a practical standpoint? Yeah. If we handle it the same, that doesn't even necessarily mean it's a good thing. If y'all are both like, <laughs> y'all both true. have tempers and you go off the handle when you're mm-hmm. both mad, you're you're going to need to figure that out. Or if you both avoid conflict yes. on the other side, you too. you both avoid it, you both shut down, yeah. you're going to have to work through that. Mm-hmm. If you handle it where one of you is really comfortable with conflict and has no problem talking through it, and the other one of you, me raising my hand, uh, <laughs> is a little more hesitant, um, you're going to have to figure that out. You may be one of those couples where one of you thinks every hill is a hill worth dying on, and the other one thinks that there are very few, you know? Yeah. And that's what you've got to figure out. But ultimately... I think something I've learned recently is that it's not as much that you have to handle conflict the same way or that you have to agree on everything. It's just when you disagree and when there is conflict, do you know how to approach it in a healthy way that works yes. for both of you? Yes. That That's going to bring resolution. That's going to, you know, allow both of you to be heard, to be able to process and can you flesh that out? Yeah. Not, oh, we agree on everything or, or we handle this the exact same way. Yeah. I think this is an offshoot too of that spiritual maturity of saying, okay, everyone handles conflict differently and everyone, their own sinfulness gets into the, uh, into the mix here of their pride and their selfishness when it comes to wanting to be right or wanting the argument to go their way or whatever it is. So it's a matter of saying, okay, that do you have the spiritual maturity to say, okay, but more than anything, we both want to honor and glorify the Lord in this conflict and in resolving it and not let it be something where our pride and selfishness run rampant. And if you both have that, then I think you're better off. It's, it's not a matter of saying, okay, we handle this all the same. And so our relationship success is hinged on whether or not we have conflict. It's how do we handle it? You're going to have conflict. I don't care how well you get along with them. There, there's going to be conflict and strife along the way. But how do you deal with it? Yes. And I think it's the same thing with communication. Like we were saying, you're going to have your own style, your own preferences. You're, there's going to be differing maturity levels and being able to communicate well. But is and communication and emotional, like that's not the same thing. But I think it just kind of fits here of... Do you both have the overarching idea that you want to honor the Lord with your communication? Because communication is a big part of conflict. And if you do, do you consistently remember that in the midst of your communication and conflict? Or is it a matter of after the fact being like, oh, yeah, my bad. I'll yeah. remember next time that I should be wanting to honor the Lord. Yeah. What? What? Where do you see the maturity level in that is kind of, I think, the biggest thing. Yeah. And remember, I think something that's so key to keep in mind when there is conflict is you're on the same side absolutely and i think that it's so easy when you're in conflict to assume that you're on different sides of things and it's like no we want the same thing we want this relationship to work we want to you know if you're having the marriage conversations like we want to get married we Mm -hmm. want to spend the rest of our lives together we want to build a family together the goal is the same and the reason you're arguing is because you think you've got to get to that goal a different way (laughs) yeah or that, you know, something didn't go the way you thought it would and it went his way instead or whatever. And that's why you're butting heads. But the goal is still the same. So if you can keep that in mind, exactly what Bethany just said, your goal is ultimately to honor the Lord, like right. this relationship. And if it's turning into marriage to be a reflection of Christ in the church, like that is your goal. Uh-huh. Your goal is to become more sanctified, to become more like Christ and to grow 
closer to the Lord, uh-huh. grow closer to each other as you do that, and help the other person grow closer to the yeah. Lord. And so when you keep those things in the forefront of your mind, it really kind of, you know, helps keep your perspective in the right place. I was listening to um, Lisa Bevere posted something on her Instagram the other day of it was a little clip of her speaking and she was talking, she's like, who in here has fought with their husband? And everybody kind of laughs. laughs. Uh, you go, cause it's this women's event or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's hand goes up and she was like, Oh, I fought with my husband. She's like, you probably haven't fought with my husband, but I fought with my husband. <laughs> and she's like, there's so many times that I'm in arguments with him. And I know in my head, I'm like, okay, I know if I say this, then I'll get what yeah. I want. Or I know if I say this, this will really kind of grind his gears. If I say this. And then she's like, but then I think, all right, Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. And she's like, the first thing that pops in my head is like, hug him. She's like, I want to hug him. Like, that just deconstructs everything. You're like, I don't want it. We're fighting. I want to win. And it's like, no, the goal is not to win. Yeah. The goal is unity. And yeah, there's going to take some compromise. Yeah, you're not always going to get what you want. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, that doesn't mean this is the last fight you'll ever have. But <laughs> the goal is to honor the Lord with how you handle conflict, with how you communicate, with how you, you know, relate to this other person. And if you can both keep that in mind, that unity is going to get established. Even when there are bumps, it's good. You're, you're slowly inching towards unity, even in the conflict. That's a good point. I agree. Thank you. (laughs) The last question that we would encourage you to ask when it comes to figuring out if you're emotionally equally yoked is, are you in a similar place of emotional health? And all I mean by that is, does one or both of you still need to do some healing from past either relationships, hurt? Um, Because all that you've endured in your life, you're carrying into a relationship. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go in with zero baggage because welcome to being a human. Yeah, Um, It's just part of it. (laughs) But if you're... Are you kidding me right now? Mm. Y'all, there's somebody with a leaf blower in my breezeway. <laughs> we won't have this problem well, in three weeks. You're on like the third floor. How could they be? They come and blow. Like, you would be surprised. Really? Yes. Okay. Wow, that's annoying. It is. Rather. Do we just power through? All right. So y'all are just going to have to excuse the leaf blower <laughs> in the background. Um, but if there are things that you or your other, your relational counterpart um (laughs) or both of you are saying like oh i don't think i've healed from this i don't think like this is this is affecting our relationship pretty drastically or i could see this being a really you know big issue if i if it doesn't get handled like that's something you go ahead and address oh yeah and then it doesn't mean you can't be together it doesn't mean you can't make it work but i think that the sooner you address that the better because if if you're super or let's say like he's in a really healthy place and like he's you know yeah he's gone through some stuff but he's worked through it and you're still dealing with like some trust issues from your last boyfriend and how that all ended like you've got to figure out a way to work that out because if you don't get to the point where you can trust the guy you're with now yeah you're gonna you're gonna get stuck and you're gonna have you know again not this isn't a right or wrong thing but this is a wisdom thing this is a level of difficulty thing that you've got to think through well and the lord may be using this guy that you're dating now to show you Mm. that you can trust and so it's not 
and I know this isn't what you were saying either, but it's not a matter of, oh, well, this issue, or I have this baggage, or I have this thing, so we need to break up so I can figure it all out on my own. That's not Mm-mm. the point. No. Because like you said, no one's going to come into something completely free of any sort of relational hurt, whether it be romantic or otherwise, because we're all sinful human beings. And we all have hurt people, and they have hurt us. And so it's a matter of saying, okay, I know that I need to be able to trust my future husband. And so are we making progress and moving towards that? Yes. Agreed. Okay. So then let's move on to like what we have labeled philosophical similarities that you should probably have with someone you're looking to marry. First one, big one, kids. And this, I think goes back to spiritual too, because I think there's a theology of having children. Like there, God talks about having children and that they are a blessing from the Lord and like all those things. And so it's a matter of how do you, how do you view what the scripture says about children? But there are some questions I think you need to talk about and ask to see, are we on the same page here? Because if you're not, I think it costs some major issues down the road. First question, do you want to have kids? Second question, if yes, how many? I think you were joking before we started. Cause yeah, if you want to have eight and he wants to have two, there's going to be some <laughs> conversations. conversations that need to happen. Um, how do you want to raise them? You know, what does that look like? What, what do you think is the proper way to raise children? And y'all need to be on the same page about that because this is an area where once you're married, he is your, your husband is the head of your family. And this is an area where at that point he is God's authority in your life. He is a God given authority in your life and you should submit to his views on that. You know, if he says, we're going to raise our kids this and we're going to do this and do that. If you don't agree from a scriptural perspective of like, oh, hey, I think God's word is really saying this, then obviously talk about that. But at the end of the day, he is the authority on the decisions made about how you raise your children. And if you know right now that that's not something that you could get behind and submit to, is there a point in pursuing marriage if you've discussed it and y'all aren't, neither of you is moving on that, I guess. Then I think you need to think about that. Same thing with how do you want to discipline them? You know, if you're not on the same page, I think that can cause some marital strife. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't get married if that's the only thing you disagree on? No, I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) I think it depends on what the disagreement is, how much you've talked about it and all those things, but maybe it is. I don't know. It might come to that point. And then last thing is, how do you want to prioritize them? You know, I am of the firm belief that even after you're married, your spouse is your top relational priority, earth side, (laughs) you know, on, from a spiritual standpoint, obviously your relationship with the Lord usurps that, but here on earth, your, your spouse should still be the most important. I don't think the kids should be the highest priority in a family. I think they should see you love your spouse and they should see that your spouse is the most important. And that is how you raise your family. Not everyone has that same view. And if you are at differing places on that, that is, that's going to be a major, major, major point of frustration let's mm-hmm. say yeah. for your relationship and then for your family too yeah like that's gonna be really confusing and tough for kids as well yeah i've heard it said that i really gotta start paying attention to who <laughs> says all these quotes because i remember the quotes i don't remember the people, who, remember said the people them. who said them. but it was a pastor and he was talking about like the best thing you can do for your kids as you're raising them is show them how much you love their mom oh i completely agree i've heard and, the quote too but I have no yeah idea. <laughs> and i just loved that because 
I mean, I think that's a that's why my mom didn't want kids because uh, her parents prioritized them over their marriage and my mom wanted a good marriage and so her in her mind it was if i have kids i can't have a good marriage so i don't want children and then my dad's like well i want six and i basically just want you to start popping them out as soon as we get married so they were on very different pages but Pre- they talked about it yeah ahead of time. yeah and that was a big uh conversation for them in premarital counseling yeah okay because their pastor was like uh we don't need to <laughs> need to sort this Let's out talk about um, this a little more y'all, you know i know you've only been dating for three months but this is kind of important <laughs> forget about that with them oh my but gosh. Yeah. yes oh, and so wow. you know and yeah they worked it out they ended up having five children yeah. and and they have a great marriage mm-hmm. so that both were possible but they had to figure that out and talk about it beforehand yeah. because with them the issue they thought was the issue wasn't the issue Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't exactly that having kids equated to a bad marriage. It was how do you prioritize them? Mm-hmm. And so that may be some of the things here with some of these apparent disagreements is that maybe they aren't really. Maybe you're disagreeing about a symptom, not the cause. Yeah. Well, and what ended up happening was because my and my they joke about it now. But my mom would be like, my she's like, your dad just wanted somebody to have his kids. Like dad wanted to be a dad yeah. before he wanted to really be a husband. And my dad will say now, he's like, your mom has taught me how to be a good husband. And a lot of that came from they waited five years to have kids. Mm, And they worked on their marriage before kids came into the picture. And so, like you said, they had different kind of initial goals. Right. And then, but what the issue was, wasn't really actually the issue. And then they worked through and it worked out great but it wasn't without a whole lot of hard work and a lot of conversations and arguments and all of that that they had to work through but um that's what we're saying here is like when you don't line up on these perfectly it's not impossible and these aren't things you can't work through talk through come to an agreement on after some you know conversation and counsel and all that but it is important that you do get on the same yes. page this is with not this a get stuff. married and ask questions later kind yeah, of thing it's exactly. let's figure this out before we move forward exactly another thing i think it's important from a philosophical standpoint is where how y'all view jobs and your work you know are you clear on what each other's expectation is for that are mm-hmm. you both going to work full-time even after you have kids are you do you want to be a stay-at-home mom or does he want you to be a stay-at-home mom does he want you to work? Do you need to work part-time? Are you going to put, you know, what does that look like financially? Uh-huh. Um, how are you going to implement work-life balance? If one of you has a really demanding job, what boundaries are you going to set <laughs> to say, hey, I'm not working after 5 p.m. or, I'm, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I'm not checking my inbox or, you know, whatever that looks like. And I know with the era of working from home yeah. work-life balance gets a lot tougher because it's like oh well i've got a couple hours this will only take a few minutes. yeah and then you know four hours later yep. you're still staring at your computer and you've lost half your hair so <laughs> yeah. you know it it gets tricky but talking through because again you've got to ultimately your marriage is the priority here and your yeah. relationship is a priority aside from your relationship with jesus being at the top and so what is that what are your expectations for that what are your plans for that and making sure you're on the same page there yeah i think one thing that's important with a lot of these philosophical ones is it can be really easy to you know how it is when you grow up and you just assume the way you grew up was normal or not even that normal that's not the right word but that everyone else did the same same experience you did yeah and then you're like wait 
what? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of these philosophical things can maybe fall into that way of thinking of like, well, you know, your family had five kids. Mine had four growing up. Well, that was just normal because that's all I knew. Yeah. So my view coming into something is going to be way different than someone who's an only child. Um, same thing with jobs. My dad worked. My mom stayed home. That was normal, quote unquote, to me. And so that's what in, in, in my mind, it's just ingrained that that's what a normal family looks like. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. You know, that's yeah. that's just how it works. And so, you know, same thing with like that work life balance. You know, you only know what you know. And so it's easy to assume that everyone else, because in your mind, if that's how everyone grew up, then what's there to talk about? Because that's just how it is. Does that make sense? Like, it's easy to forget some of these things, I think, because what you know from your own experience is all you know. And especially if that was a fairly uneventful childhood, it's easy to just think, oh, well, everyone does this. Yeah. And you don't even think to talk about it. So I do think it is important because not everyone had those same experiences and then same thing here with when it comes to talking about like in-laws and your parents and families and what does that look like do you have the same ideas or a similar idea of what holidays and travel look like because that even if it's something you still are going to need to work through and fine-tune and it's going to change once you get married I say that very definitively like I know I've never been married I don't know but I'm pretty sure you can have all the greatest plans in the world of what holidays are going to look like and what you're going to do this with his parents and do this with your parents and this, that, and the other. And then life gets in the way and everything changes. So I think you have to hold this one with an open hand. <laughs> this yeah, one is not for sure. something that you've, especially that you are going to absolutely nail down all the intricacies of, goodness, it took me about four times to say that word, um, ahead of time. And that's okay. But you need to at least have the conversations of, okay, this one thing maybe is like really important to me to do to my family, do to my family, do with my family. Yeah. And maybe he has a couple of those things too. And you start with those and say, okay, your family does this at Thanksgiving every year. And my family does this at Christmas every year. And these are important. And well, we're not going to always spend Christmas with my family, but like, you know, the important things and you can try to work down from there yeah, kind of thing. Um, just so you're at least both both aware of what those things are, what's important, what what meant a lot to you, um, and all of that. Because I mean, like for me, I know like Christmas is huge. I love Christmas and I love spending it with my family and all of that. But my best memories growing up were when we were at home for Christmas. So that won't translate to spending Christmas with my parents every year once I have kids. It's really important to me that we stay home for Christmas. Like you know, maybe we travel before or after, but be home actually at Christmas. Yeah. Is it something that I absolutely non-negotiable if a guy checks every other box, but he really wants to spend Christmas with his family. I'm going to be like, sorry, see you later. (laughs) Here's the door. No, (laughs) hear me. I'm just saying that's something that I would want to talk about again, not second date, but once we're like, Hey, let's get engaged. Like, okay, well, what is, what does this look like? That's something I would want to talk about. Yeah. For sure minimize conflict as much as you can yeah exactly and one other thing the last thing before we jump to the social stuff is when it comes to aligning philosophically how do you each view finances yeah how do you want to handle your finances 
what are your financial priorities? What are, are you a spender or a saver? Like if you're both spenders, you're going to need to have some conversations. <laughs> uh, if you're both savers, God bless you. Um, that's amazing. But talking through, you know, cause how you handle your money as a single person mm-hmm. is going to be very different than how you handle your money as a married person. Absolutely. Um, so that is something I'm not even letting my brain go to. I was going to say, <laughs> let's not get into the, that, the, that the nuances of that. I feel it's like going to be so tough. If you go from high school to college to married, I don't feel like it would be as much of an issue because you never really, for the most part, a lot of people never really had their own money. Yeah. I have spent 10 plus, good grief, closer to 15 years now, (laughs) more or less on my own financially. And so I don't ask anyone if I want to spend money. And I'm not saying I go out and spend like tons of money, but if I want to spend $50 here, $100 there on just something that I want or don't go crazy, but like, Okay. Yeah. For instance, can we rabbit trail for a second? Absolutely. Here? Always. Okay, y'all. Growing up, I loved my American Girl dolls. Okay. Okay. Yes. I saw you posted about this the other okay. day. Okay. So loved them. I had one, maybe two, one. But I played with them. Melanie played with them. She had like all the stuff. She loved them. Never really kept them in that great a shape. Whatever. Well, I saw, I have I always wished I had kept them in better condition for posterity's sake. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw something a few weeks ago that it's the 35th anniversary of American Girl. And so they have brought all of their original dolls back for a very limited time. Ooh. I always wanted Samantha oh, growing I Samantha. up. Always wanted that one. Never had it. Like, I mean, I I still have. I did keep. I have all of the original books. Wow. For all the dolls. Oh Samantha gosh. was my favorite. Loved her. Um, and so I was like, oh my word. So I clicked on this link. I went to the thing. All of the original dolls were already sold out except for Samantha. It's like it was made for you, right? Oh my and gosh. So I'm like, I've always wished I had that. It was 150 dollars, which is a lot to pay for a doll. Right. But nostalgia, go with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted the doll. It was $150. I had the money. I bought it. The end. Yeah. Like. I wasn't like, let me call my husband and like tell him I wanted to buy a $150 doll. Like, Uh -uh. no, it's fine. And the, and this is a me thing and a sin issue on my part that I know will have to be dealt with. My own pride of like, I don't, I'm an adult. I don't have to ask. Like, excuse me. I know that's going to be an issue. <laughs> Future husband, if you're listening, really sorry. sorry. Bear with her. <laughs> I'm really going to have to rein that in. And I think it's partly, I'm not justifying my own sin, but I know it's partly because I have been on my own for so long. And mm-hmm. I'm like this, no, who's going to, you're going to tell me what to do? Yeah. I know I need to work on it. And I do. I am conscious of it. But that's a big life shift. shift. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Not an easy one. No. So buckle up, people. <laughs> it's not all sunshine and roses. Nope. It's, it's budget not. conversations. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. You say it like that. I wonder if more people would be like, you know, I think I'm good for a while. <laughs> like, I'm fine. Yes. Me and my dolls. Yeah, me and my dolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than me and my cats. It is. Oh, my gosh. Totally you just is. have one, though. I just have one. That's fine. You don't, you're not a doll lady. I'm not. I left it in the box. There you go. Because I wanted to stay like. Pristine condition. Look at you. Whatever. So, I well, but I it. looked at it for a while. I'm sure. 
that's when you know you're an adult when you buy something it's 150 dollars like i just want to look at it (laughs) oh my goodness oh my word all right y'all last category social stuff are you equally yoked socially as y'all could probably guess and again just to point out we are not saying the second corinthians 6 yeah says this is what is required to be equally yoked yes no it's just just a reminder what does it look like to be unified we're expanding on this principle of being on the same page on things and what things are important yes go ahead there we go you need to have this could be like our longest titled uh episode (laughs) what does it mean to be equally yoked and on the same perspective and in unity with all these other categories but not in the verse but not in the verse (laughs) they're two separate things but the principle is the same the end Thank you for coming to our TED Talk yes. <laughs> title. Oh, gosh. Yes. So socially, what does it look like to be on the same page? That should have been yes, the phrase we have attached to everything. On the same page. Hopefully people listen socially. all the way to the end. Because yes. this has been long. Bethany's going to have to go like re-record a little thing. <laughs> Keep in mind, when we say this. Now, same page socially. Y'all know the introvert-extrovert conversation is going to come up. If you're both introverts or you're both extroverts good for y'all that's awesome there's going to be a level of empathy there don't take that for granted if you're opposite yeah you are going to have to have a lot of conversations because when he wants to stay home and you want to go out you know and you want him to come with you everywhere you go or he wants you to stay home with him like or vice versa you're the homebody he likes to just fill his calendar all the time you got to figure that out because it, it can be well because again it's how you recharge it's mm-hmm. not that you're social and one of you's not social it's one of you needs time alone to recharge and the other one needs to be around people to be recharge and so if one of you is constantly giving into the other one one of you is not getting recharged and so yeah. that's that's why this is important to talk through and i think kind of in that same vein you know you want to be on the same page of what does fun look like to you if, if you're both super adventurous that's gonna be so fun y'all are gonna be doing yeah. all these fun spontaneous things and going and doing you know exploring and all this stuff if you're both homebodies y'all are gonna be perfectly content with like hey what movie do you want to watch tonight exactly. when you get home or you know hey i'm gonna i don't know cross stitch i'm thinking like Lindsay cross stitches yeah. like i'm gonna cross stitch if you want to watch the game and we can just chill tonight and i'll make dinner and it'll be great perfect mm-hmm. if you're different there's going to be give and take. Yeah. There's going to be conversations. And it's not a matter of, though, of if you if you are different in that, it's not a matter of ch- one of you changing the other person absolutely. or one of you changing so that you're the same. It's a matter of having enough discussion and just being around each other enough yeah. to recognize some of these things and then setting out what your expectations are. And I don't mean from the standpoint of, okay, you can have two nights a week to go out or having two nights a week to stay in. And then if a week comes up where it's totally messed up, well then one, someone's been out of shape because you didn't stick with the plan. Right. That's not the kind of expectations I mean, but just from the standpoint of like, okay, I really just need a night out of the week. Don't care which one it is. And we're not saying, okay, Tuesdays from seven to 10 is my time. Like, yeah. But like, I just need a night with nothing so that I can get my, life back in order at home i can do laundry i can whatever and then yeah let's go do whatever yeah on another night like setting general life rhythm boundaries somewhat well and i think the more you talk about it i think exactly to what you're saying it's not that one of you is changing or it's this you know scheduled out thing of here are your extrovert days and here are the introvert (laughs) days and whatever it's you feeling 
like you can say hey i need that night Mm. and it's understood and it's respected or when he says hey i know it's been a really busy week but like we got invited to sing i would really it would mean Mm -hmm. a lot if you came with me and yeah you might be tired but you're like you know what this is really important to him and because overarching this, to all of your introvertedness or his extrovertedness i don't know if those are even actually words but we're going with it they yeah sound like they we'll are. make it work anyway overarching to all of that is like we're not called to be service minded and to love other people when you're fully recharged and you're mm. at your best and then you you know your your bucket or your cup's been filled and then you do stuff for other people no we're called to deny ourselves mm-hmm. take up our cross and follow jesus and so i think there's whiz so much wisdom in knowing how you operate knowing how the other person operates and being able to communicate that and come up with a game plan for yourselves but at the same time yes when those things pop up that weren't planned or something's really important but it's out of the ordinary you know that's a great opportunity to say you know what i care about you more than i care about myself i would love to go even though i'd rather be at home on the couch with ice cream yeah. watching a movie you yeah know? exactly and you do it joyfully and you're not holding it over him and mm-hmm. there's no well i did this last week so you have to do this this week like yeah. that kind of thing you know exactly exactly and then another one kind of along those lines i think is talk about like what are your views on hospitality do you i personally love entertaining in my home having people over it doesn't have to be fancy it doesn't have to be formal but that's something that's important to me that's something that i really enjoy i think it's kind of my half introvert half extrovert self like i i love having people around but they're in my house yeah does that make sense and so i i like that i that's something i enjoy that's something i think that is important as christians it's a way to show love to other people to build your community and all of those things and so just talk about like what does that look like to you like i don't want to be married to someone who's like oh great (laughs) judy and tim are coming over again like (laughs) you know what i mean like where is this constant like pulling teeth to even have people over now on the flip side i will be understanding of the fact that maybe that's not his thing and so you find balance there yes exactly and then kind of pointing back to like finances we talked about that little i would say talk about what is your budget for social things what is your budget for fun things every month especially once you're married because if you have expensive tastes in like, like kind of talking about like adventure stuff versus homebody, well, it's a lot cheaper to be a homebody than it is to go out and do all this big adventure stuff because dangerous things oftentimes have a big price tag so that, you know, (laughs) you don't sue them and stuff. Anyway, just having an idea of like what that looks like, especially if you're the homebody who doesn't spend a ton of money and he's the adventure seeker who does which i think does probably fall a little more along gender lines Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah i think girls are going to tend to be the more homebody ones a lot of times not always don't come at me with whatever (laughs) i'm just saying i think that is probably how it goes a lot and there could be some resentment maybe Mm -hmm. to you spend all this money and i just sit at home and watch netflix (laughs) like it's way cheaper to watch netflix anyway i'm just saying to have a discussion about that yes i think one final thought I'll leave y'all with, and then if Bethany has a final thought, she can. I think I'm all thoughted out. Oh, great. Okay. I'll close. I know I'll close. You got this. So much pressure. She sets the bar so high. Um, as we're talking through all of these different categories and trying to figure out, you know, are we on the same page socially, spiritually, emotionally, philosophically? I think our initial go to is 
I need to make sure that I am telling him where I am on all of these different things so we can make sure we're unified. But I think it's just as important to remember that when you're figuring out if you're on the same page, this is going to require a lot of listening on Mm. your part. This is not a let me word vomit everything that I ever want, everything I expect and everything I want you to do and then expect you to just be like, yeah, sounds good to me. And like done, you know, (laughs) it's going to take a lot of listening. And when Bethany was talking about, you know, when you're deriving a lot of your expectations for your future marriage and family based on how you grew up, whether it's, oh, I want to do this exactly like my family did, or I don't want to be like my family in this way. So I want to do it differently. Like so much of your expectations are based on your experience. And so the same is going to go for him. And you're not going to understand that if he's had a different experience than you, if you're not listening. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's super important that as you're having these conversations, as you're figuring out okay, yes, we're equally yoked. Yes, we're both believers. But then beyond that, are we on the same page in these different qualities? Giving him space to talk, asking questions, and just sitting there and taking in information mm-hmm. and not feeling like, oh, I've got to respond to this or I've got to refute this or I've got to let him know I don't agree with that so we can figure that out right now. No, this is an ongoing thing. But creating space for him to share what his experiences are, what his expectations might be, so that you can come from a place of listening to understand, yeah. not listening to respond. So, And listening to look for ways to compromise. Yeah. Listening to look for ways to give of yourself, to be selfless. Yeah. And willingly and joyfully not waiting for the day that he has to do the same thing back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So think we'll wrap it there y'all we'll leave y'all with that thank you so much for joining us we hope that this conversation has been helpful and encouraging for you if it has we would love for you to share it with a friend we love meeting y'all's friends (laughs) and hearing that y'all are telling each other about the podcast it's always so fun for us to hear so do that and um i got really bossy all of a sudden go do that And don't forget, if you have a question you'd like us to answer in the 12 days of CouchCast, go to our Instagram bio. There's a CouchCast form there and send us that and we will um, start deciding on those real soon. So we will talk to y'all soon. I always want to say we'll see y'all soon, but (laughs) we won't. We'll talk to you soon. But until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle.